Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. Dave said we are continuing our sermon series in the book of Acts, and today we are in Acts chapter 13. So if you are willing and able, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. And when they had gone through the whole island as far as papers, they came unto a certain, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Barjesus. He was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence whose sermon Barnabas and Saul, and sought to hear the word of God. But but Elamus, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, and said, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you now stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. This is the word of the Lord. It is absolutely true, and it is given to us in love. You may be seated. If you would join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you today for the privilege of life, health, and strength, God. We thank you for this honor of being able to stand and proclaim your word to your people. Father, we pray now that you will give me clarity of mind and heart and speech. And I pray, Father, that some some brother, some sister sees you in a greater light. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was in elementary school, I took an eye exam, and it was determined that I needed eyeglasses. Um, Several weeks later, when the glasses returned, we took a field trip down to what is called now, I believe it's the Wells Fargo building. It's been the Modus building, but at that time, it was Independent Life. We went to the Independent Life building. And as little kids on, on this bus going to get our glasses, we, we got off this uh, bus and we began to look up at the building because it was it was a very big building. And the lady that was on the bus, she said to me, she said, Willie, 
you're going to see better when you come out of this building because you'll have glasses. You'll be able to see better. So we went up on the elevator and we got to the office and we, they gave us our glasses and I, I put on my glasses and things didn't seem right. When I put them on, she asked me, How, what do you see? I say, things are crooked. She says, crooked? I was like, yeah, they crooked. She was like, Willie, that can't be. So she took my glasses and she looked through them. Now, I, I must tell you back then, I had, I had one heck of a prescription, okay, as I do now. She looked through those glasses. She says that you're absolutely right. Things are crooked. But there's only one way to make this right. And she says, the only way we can make these glasses right for you is to do them over. And brothers and sisters, the only thing that can make this straight world right this crooked world right is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We live in a world that is crooked. We live in a world where, where people don't act like they should. We don't love one another like we should. But only the gospel can make that which is crooked straight. Amen? So in today's passage, we see that the gospel is now moving from, from the new epic center for the Christian and mission movement, it's moving from Jerusalem to Antioch. And Antioch was a diverse uh, place where people of different ethnic groups and socioeconomic groups were. In this, this is not the first time we see the gospel spreading out of Jerusalem. We, we actually heard Christ tell his disciples in the gospel of Matthew, to go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And even in Acts, do, do we remember when we first got in the book of Acts? He says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria until and to the ends of the earth. So the gospel, had, it, it was, Christ said that it was spread from where it was. The gospel has already been on the move. Anybody remember the eunuch? Amen. He, he, the gospel was given to the eunuch. So now we, we get to this particular passage, and we find that the church, after much prayer, fasting, and being guided by the Holy Spirit, that Barnabas and Saul are sent out by the church. They did not just decide that they would go out and just wander around and find people to share the gospel with. They were, after it was, they were prayed for. They were, they fasted about this and the spirit directed them to where they should go. And it's good news. There's good news in that, y'all, because the same spirit that guided them is alive and well in the church today. Praise the Lord. The same spirit is alive and well, and is directing the church and the lives of those in the church today. So let's look at verse 2 and 3. If we look back at verse 2, it says that Paul, it says, I'm sorry, while there were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, sit aside me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I have called them. Then after fasting 
and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them out. Verse 4 says this. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went to Seleucia and found there, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. And Paul was there, I mean, John was there to assist them. So they went there, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Right now, they're, they're moving from Jerusalem, but the gospel message is still only going to Jews. It's still, the Jews are only still, they're the only ones that's hearing the gospel. So something happens there. Something happens where God says, God needs them to get out of here, get out of just talking to the Jews, y'all. Y'all know how it is. We are comfortable talking to the people that we are comfortable talking to. We're comfortable engaging with people who are like us. Amen? We're comfortable with engaging people who talk like us, who live like us, who look like us. So it's no problem to go into these places and talk with those people. But while they're there, God wants them to not just talk to Jews because the Gentiles are included too. Praise the Lord. You know why? Because that includes us. That includes us. So they meet this false prophet. Verse 6 says, um, when they had gone through the whole island as far as Papas, they, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Now, so they meet Bar-Jesus. Bar-Jesus is actually a good name. It's a good name, but he, he had bad behavior. Bar-Jesus means the son of the Messiah, the son of the Savior. So they meet this guy with a good name, and it seems like if he got a good name, he would be doing good things. But the Bible says that he was a false prophet. He was with the proconsul Cyrus Paulus, a man of, of, of intelligence, whose sermon, whose um, sermon um, Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. So here is this man whose name is Bar-Jesus. He's with a man who's a proconsul, um, and this proconsul is an educated man. He, this man has power. As a matter of fact, he's the head of the government, but he was surrounded by the wrong people. But apparently something was missing in his life because he sermoned, he, he sent out for them. He made a call for Barnabas and Saul to come to tear him to tell him about the gospel. He wanted to hear the word of God. So he, no matter what he had, no matter who was around him, something seemed to be missing. Maybe he realized that I'm missing out on, on, on what everybody's talking about. I'm, I'm not connected to, to the good news that everybody is excited about. So he calls for them to come. Now listen, they come. He's, he's a government official, y'all. It's kind of like they didn't have a choice. He called for them. They had to go. It, when we get a subpoena for court, you know, you get a subpoena, you may not want to go. You, anybody in here ever got jury duty? That subpoena for jury duty? How much trash do you talk? You get all excited, all bent out of shape. I don't want to have to go through this. I hope they don't call my number. You know, you say all that kind of stuff. But when you call that line on Sunday night, and they tell you need to, you need to show up, what you do on Monday morning? 
you show up, no matter how angry you are. So even if Barnabas and Saul decided they didn't want to go, they had to go because he was a high-ranking government official. He had power, kind of like us getting the invitation to the White House. I don't care who's there. I don't care what president is there. If you get an invitation to the White House, you should have, look, look, you should want to go. Hey, man, even if my man ain't in the office, he the president and he invite me, I'm going. Hey, man, because he is, he is a powerful man. He has power. So they, they respond to him. They go to him and, and they tell him, they share the gospel with him. And I don't know what happened, but Elemas, he, he, he gets upset and he, he opposes them as they're talking to the proconsul. Maybe the proconsul began to nod his head. Maybe the proconsul said, this is good stuff, man. I don't think this is going to work. He, he kept saying that this is, this is good stuff. This is good news. I need to know more about this than Elemas, the guy that was with him, Gets upset, another false prophet, another magician. The Bible calls him a magician. And he gets upset and he opposes their teaching. He opposes the teaching. He's trying to stop them from teaching him the good news of Jesus Christ. Maybe he was telling him that Jesus is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. He is a way maker. He is the one that can deliver you from all your trouble. I don't know what he was telling him, but he was telling him some good stuff, and he obviously was intrigued. He wanted to know more. But the man that was with him got angry, and he opposed him. You know, when only time people get angry about the truth is when you're going to expose who they are. The only time people get angry about hearing the gospel is because the gospel threatens their power. The only time people get unhappy about bad news is because you're going to say something that's going to cause them to lose their position. I, I, I don't know what Paul and Saul, I mean, that Barnabas and, and Saul said, but I got to believe that he probably, they probably said, you won't need these fellows no more. God will open your eyes. He will show you the things that you need to know. And I can imagine him saying, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I get paid good for what I do. What you're about to do is to put me in a bad spot. But brothers and sisters, the gospel, the gospel will make things right in your life. You don't have to go to anybody else when you know who God is. You don't have to put your hope in anybody else when you know who God is. Because he gave us everything that we need. Brothers and sisters, we need to know that the gospel will expose lies, inconsistencies. It, it it, It will show that we don't really know what we're talking about. It will show that we don't really do like we're supposed to do. Because there's only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. The only truth is the gospel. Anything else is a lie. Amen? That's, that's good stuff, y'all. The truth, the only truth is the gospel. And whenever, whenever anybody opposes the gospel, it is simply because you're about to cause them that, that opposes, that goes against the gospel is because you're about to cause them to, to lose something that they think is powerful. 
which is they want their own glory more than they want God to be glorified. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon had to say about opposition. He says, we should not be surprised or shaken by opposition. Whenever there is likely going to be good success, the open door and the opposing adversary will both be found. If there's an adversary, you may fear that there will be, if there is no adversaries, you may fear that there will be no success. A boy cannot get his kite into the, get his kite up without wind, nor without a wind which drives against his kite. Y'all follow that? It, it, that's, you need wind to get it up. But in order for it to move, you need wind to blow it around. Are y'all following me? So you need a little bit of adversity in our life. No car, no car runs simply off a positive charge. Amen. If your car got a battery, guess what you got? You got a positive charge and a negative charge. And they got to work together, y'all, to make your car go. So in our life, we're going to have some trouble. We're going to have some things that come against us. But, y'all, if we trust who God is, he will make a way. He will get us where we need to go. This is the gospel. If they're opposing the gospel, y'all, if they oppose the gospel, we got no reason to fear. We got no reason to get fear. Elements was threatened by the gospel. But the good news is that the gospel is not threatened by anything. <laughs> Amen. Not the lies of the prophet. Listen, my, my granddaddy used to say when I was a boy, in the 70s, this is the worst time. The 70s is the worst time. These people around here, they just bad. The 70s is bad. When the 80s came, guess what people said? I ain't never seen people like this before. The church going down. In the 90s, guess what they said? These people are terrible. It's only getting worse. Guess what, y'all? In 2020, guess what they saying? I ain't never seen people act like this in all my life. Listen, it gets worse. And they keep saying, where's the church? This, the church, we're hearing more and more and more. This is an attack against the church. It's an attack against the gospel. Listen, the gospel is not threatened. You know why? Because our Savior got all power in his hands. It is not threatened. No matter what happens, no matter what we see, no matter what we go home and see on the news today, the gospel is not threatened. Amen? Listen, Jesus Christ is the Lord of lords. There's nobody more powerful. He is the king of kings. There's not a government higher. Amen? There's nothing that threatens the gospel. Jesus Christ is the way. We can rejoice in that. That's good news. I don't listen, listen, y'all looking like y'all, I'm, I'm saying something wrong. But let me tell you, nothing threatens the gospel. Nothing. The gospel is powerful all by itself. It don't need me. It don't need you. Amen. We are blessed to be used by God. We are blessed to be his instruments to share the good news of the gospel. But the gospel is powerful all by itself. Brothers and sisters, no matter what comes and what goes, the church, not a gospel, is ever threatened. 
The message of the gospel is that Jesus is Lord. Matthew tells us this, that the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. Do y'all remember early in the gospel of Acts where Peter preached that these men aren't drunk? He preached to the Sanhedrin council. And after he preached to the Sanhedrin council, they threatened him. They beat him. And guess what his response to that was? Anybody? Anybody know? Anybody remember? We'd rather obey God than man. So what he was doing was putting his trust in the gospel, resting in the Holy Spirit, trusting that he would make everything all right. So we get to this place where we've heard the gospel. We've heard that, that Paul and, and Barnabas have preached. They were opposed. And when they were opposed, sometimes, y'all, when, we, when people oppose the gospel, we get, we get shaky. We get shaky. I want us to know we don't, we don't have to fear when they oppose the gospel. We don't have to fear. Listen, listen does anybody see how, how Paul, Paul responds to this guy? He calls him. I, I, want, I want us to see this. I want us to look at this real good. He says, but Paul said, who is also, but Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. So when you're doing what God tells you to do, he's not going to leave you out there by yourself. He's there with you. Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit. He looks intently at him, and he says, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit. Y'all hear that? He's not not going in there and saying, oh, buddy, oh, friend, you're you're lucky. He, He calls this out. He calls the work of the devil out. God has called us to know the truth, to share the truth. And listen, we have to call out that which is wrong. So he calls him out, y'all. He calls him out. Then he tells him, you're going to be blind for a time. You're not going to be able to see. Y'all, that, that's something in it. Listen, that, that is something. He tells him, you're going to be blind. You ain't going to be able to see. You're going to need somebody to lead you by your hand, to, to guide you. I need us to know, brothers and sisters, we are to step. The Holy Spirit will give us the power, will give us the strength that we need to stand, to speak truth to power. Amen. When we're doing what God says, we're never alone. When we're doing what God says, we're never weak because the Spirit is with us. Paul tells him that you're going to be blind. You ain't going to be able to see for a little bit. I do not want anybody to leave here under any circumstances, any shape, form, or fashion that says, Pastor Willie said, we can go out and tell people they're going to be blind for a certain amount of time. I'm not telling us to go out and attack people and and speak bad things to people. I'm not telling us to do that. Because, as a matter of fact, we don't see that ever happening, Paul ever doing that again. We don't ever see that. We don't see Paul doing that again. I I read, I read, I tried to find if if this was a common practice. It was not. 
So over time, we see Paul, he changes his approach. The Spirit works through him to, to cause him to want to win people. Amen? To win people. That's our job. God has called us to win people to the kingdom of God. We're not to go out and attack people. We're not to go out and crush people. We're not to go out and break people down. What we're to do is to share the good news of the gospel. Because even though in this scripture, even though Elymas, he did not want the proconsul to, to hear the gospel. He wanted to stop him from receiving the gospel. It says in these last verses that not only did he see what happened to him, he Understood. Look, look at verse 12. It says, then the proconsul believed what he saw, believed what he saw, what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now, he saw, he saw what Paul said happened, was going to happen. He saw that happen. But you know what moved him the most was the teaching of the word. That's what moved him the most. Not, not that the man was blind. Not, not, not that, that, that Paul called him out, but he was astonished. He was amazed at the teaching of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, all we got to do is teach the word. We teach the word. God will get the results. If we're preaching and it seems like they don't hear, just preach it anyway. He'll get the results. He, he didn't tell us to go. He didn't tell us to go and, 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 and make them believe. He told us to go, teach and baptize them, making disciples. We make them by giving them the gospel, and the Holy Spirit does the work. So it's the gospel. Paul goes, Paul and Barnabas go on their first missionary journey. They leave this place. They go out. They don't just share with, the, with Jews. They share with Gentiles. They're not, they go out, and it's not a cakewalk. They're opposed as we continue, we're going to see Paul goes through some stuff, but he doesn't stop preaching the gospel. Brothers and sisters, God didn't promise us a life of ease, but he did promise us that if we trust in him, we believe in him. Listen, that he's coming back for us one day. He's coming. That's good news, brothers and sisters. No matter what this world does to us, there's coming a day when God is going to make everything right. Amen. And listen, we can, live, we, can, we can experience some of that now. You know how? Simply doing what he's called us to do. That's it. Speak the truth. Even though we're opposed, even though people may stand against us, tell the truth. The truth will stand on its own. Lies fall. You see it all the time. You see it all the time. You, I thought People say stuff and you'll you be trying to believe it, but it's just no way for you to believe it. The gospel is not like that. The pro-counsel, the man who had power, an educated man, a man who had service, people to cater to him, realized that he was missing something. And when he heard, he was astonished by the teaching of the Lord. So my question to you today is, who do you need to share the gospel with? Who do you need to drop a nugget with and allow the Holy Spirit to work? Or my, another question is, when have you shared the gospel with anybody? 
that doesn't look like you? When have you shared the gospel with somebody outside of your circle? When have you sat down and told somebody about the good news of Jesus Christ? All of us, all of us can do better in that area. Did I say all of us? Because that includes me. We all can do better. We need to get outside our circles. We need to share the gospel with people. We We need to face opposition, not worried about the outcome, but trusting in God that he will do what he said he would do. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will be with us. So the only thing that's going to make this crooked world straight is the gospel. We don't have to come up with any schemes. We don't have to come up with any mega plans. Yeah, we plan, but we don't put our hope in those plans. We put our hope in the gospel. The gospel will open eyes. The gospel will unstop deaf ears. The gospel will change the hearts of men. Men who don't get along, the gospel can cause them to get along. Men who don't talk to each other, the gospel can fix that. Put it in the hands of Jesus and watch him work. Do what we're supposed to do and leave the results to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, that in the face of opposition, we can trust in you. That in the face of lies, the truth will stand. That in the troubling times that we live in, God, where everybody seems to be against one another, races against one another, social classes against one another, political parties are against one another, the gospel is a uniting force. So God, we pray now that we, your people who are in the church, will not be caught up in things that don't compare to the gospel, to things that don't provide the hope that we need, that don't provide the life that we need. We pray, God, that we will be people who rest and put all of our hope, all of our trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the simple message that Jesus is Lord, that he is Lord of lords, King of kings. No one, nothing is as powerful as he is. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org.